You're listening to the Hanging with the AD podcast, where we break down hot topics in athletic administration and lessons learned through leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Josh Matthews and Don Baker. Today, we have a chance to sit down with a true game changer and difference maker in our business. Jen Brooks, Athletic Director at Ursuline Academy in St. Louis, Missouri, and the founder of the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, is changing the narrative around what an AD looks like, and we are all better for it. This is a great conversation for any AD at any level of experience. So let's settle in and get to know Jen Brooks. Jim, we're so glad to have you joining Don and me for this episode of Hanging with the AD. Uh, thanks for taking time to join us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So for our listeners, Jim Brooks serves as the athletic director at Ursuline Academy in St. Louis, Missouri. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, but she has been there in her role as athletic director for 26 years and has been at Ursuline for 28 years total, I believe. In 2021, Jen earned the... Uh, Bruce D. Whitehead Distinguished Service Award from the NIAAA, and she was named the 2021 Missouri Athletic Director of the Year by the NIMIAAA there in Missouri. But I'll stop right there and let Jen tell us a little bit more about herself. Uh, Jen, we'd like to start the show with what we call the back of the baseball card bio. So if you could take a minute, tell us a little bit about what the back of Jen Brooks baseball, maybe softball card would look like. Definitely a softball card. Um, I will start by saying um, Jen writes right-handed, but plays sports left-handed, except for racket sports. I play right-handed. So you can go figure that one out. Uh, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, three-sport athlete in college, coached many sports, many different sports. My dad was a high school athletic director. So I started um, this athletic life on his football sidelines. Um, Let's see. I've been married to my husband, Don, for it'll be 27 years this October. We have um, two kids. Well, they're adults now. Uh, Nora's 24, and she's one of my coaches on my staff. Right. And then my son, Lucas, 22. So um, in a very small nutshell, that's me. That's good. That's a brief baseball card, but you've done a lot more now. We're going to get into that a little bit in a minute. Now, before we really start in the leadership, I, I want to ask about something you posted back in April. And it is the um, time-lapse video you posted there sitting at your desk. And uh, you kind of recorded your morning in time-lapse, which is a fast-forward speed. I've never seen an AD post that. And uh, I thought it was pretty pretty neat to watch. I'm actually thinking of doing it myself after watching yours, but I'm a little afraid. What, what were your thoughts after watching yourself work over a 30-second snapshot? <laughs> um, well, I think it's funny because it's not really a good perspective, probably because, you know, as you know, as an athletic director, every day is different. Right. You know, how many True. times have I walked into this office thinking, hey, here's my list to get done for today. And I don't even get a thing off that list crossed off because life just happens and people keep knocking on your door and things change. So I think that's a fair perspective for that minute for that day. But the idea that if I did it again tomorrow, it would look really different, probably. That's right. That's right. But it was pretty neat. I appreciate you doing that and sharing with us uh, what your day looks like there. Now, in the book Legacy, James Kerr describes sweeping the sheds as an example of personal discipline. He goes on to say that these personal disciplines teach you not to expect things to be handed to you. 
you have found a tremendous level of success there at Ursuline through a long career, as we mentioned, as an athletic administrator, even navigating the gender gap of being a female AD. What is a personal discipline that, that has propelled you to achieve so many great accomplishments? I think perseverance, you know, um, I, it was, this has been a really lonely journey for me. At least it was for the first 25, 26 years. Um, so it's perseverance. It's, um, being determined to make this path different and better for the next woman that's going to sit in this chair for the next generation of female coaches and athletic directors. So I would definitely think, um, perseverance because I could have given up because it was hard and it was lonely and I got told no a lot of times. Um, so I think I lean on perseverance. That's good. And we're going to get into a little bit more of your journey there, but what's made the last two or three years different? I think I got really tired of being ignored and talked over. And, um, you know, I always joke around that my superpower is that um, I can be invisible. Right. Uh, So I just got tired of it. And I just found the courage to sit in those rooms and say my, you know, say my piece and stick up for myself and for the other women and for anybody else who couldn't be in the room. Um, And in doing so, um, you know, I did find friends. I did find people I could trust and people I could um, commiserate with. And so uh, I'm grateful for that. Jen, let's kind of lean into that for just a second. We can't spend time with you without talking about the global community of women in high school sports that you founded. I know you speak of finding seats at the table for women, but it's hard to find a seat at the table when you don't live in the house. And one thing that Josh and I learned very quickly when we started this podcast was the gross discrepancy between what an AD looked like across the country and the fact that there's a glaring need for more diversity in the AD role, whether it be from the perspective of sex or race for that matter. Could you speak about the purpose of the global community and how others can get involved as we look to make it easier for our student athletes to really see themselves in these leadership roles? Yeah. So first and foremost, I have been talking lately um, about the fact that we need to redefine, um, uh, reimagine and change the narrative of what it looks like to be a high school athletic director. You know, if my, if my name was gender neutral and you said, you know, so-and-so, the, the image that would come into your mind is that of a male. So we, so that's what the global community is trying to do is one of the many things that the global community is trying to do is, you know, redefine and change that narrative. You know, like I said, I was in this space for so long by myself. You know, I work in um, the state of Missouri. We have over 500 ADs in the state of Missouri, and there might be 30 female ADs. Like, that's incredible. That's insane. And we're a big state, so there aren't many around me. So, you know, um, I I didn't have anybody growing up because I grew up in this job. Let's be honest. I'm going to be 49 at the end of the month. I started when I was 21. Sister said, Jen, how old are you? I said, sister, (laughs) I'll be 21 before school starts. So I grew up in this job and I grew up with no one to guide me or help me. And so um, that's why I created the Global Community of Women High School Sports. I didn't want this experience that I have had be that for other women. You know, I think it's important to have more women in these seats. You know, you think about it, um, we, the student athletes, you know, is 50-50 boys and girls. So, you know, what are we doing to create opportunities for women in leadership roles in high school sports? And so that's why I thought, you know, the global community is so important. And, you know, when I just kind of like threw it out there originally um, and I was kind of like, just let's see where this goes. We'll stick to the wall. 
the immediate enthusiasm and the immediate need from many people that said, tell me more, how do I get involved? I knew I was onto something and um, just the continued growth of it um, just reaffirms that this is really needed in the world today. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. And as Don said, when we're looking for guests, it's, um, it's easy to find a certain population and, and then, but to get, a, a good cross section of what America looks like, what our schools look like, and so forth it is not an easy task for sure. So we applaud you for uh, taking that globally for sure. And I appreciate the opportunity, you know, for this, for us to get to, for that you acknowledge me, that you see me, and that you're willing to listen to me and hear me. To me, that's huge and that's important. And I thank you for that. Well, I tell you, you know, having a, a and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but being a, a girl dad to a very athletic minded uh, young lady, I mean, if it's a anything competitive, like she's down, right? So like if, if, if we're walking upstairs, we're racing, you don't know it, but we are because if she gets to the top, she's going to make sure that she lets you know that she got there and she doesn't even want to, like, she doesn't even want to watch you know, boys compete in anything, you know, she's like, if, if it's a softball game, if it's a soccer match, if it, whatever it is, if the girls are on the field, I want to be able to be a part of it and seeing what you, what you're doing in this space uh, is like, you're, it's having impact on people that you'll never know. It's having impact on people that you'll never see. Uh, and there's a 12 year old in my house that is being affected by what you're doing. You didn't even know that. So again, thank you. Uh, no, it's, that's nice to hear because, you know, there's a lot of times I want to bang my head against the wall you know, with massive frustration and to hear and to be reminded um, of that. That's important. And I thank you for that. Yeah. So, Jen, I read a um, an article. I'm not sure exactly what paper it was or where it came from, but it um, it was an article on Jen Cohen, who's the director of athletics at the University of Washington. And it was a couple of years ago now, but right after she took over. And uh, she mentioned some of the struggles, as you have talked about, of being the only female in the room, of having some of that same experience. And she mentioned one of the obstacles of being a female AD is the conflicting mindset when she's in a room full of male leaders. Uh, She said that that unsaid conflict is between her being too emotional and soft as a female AD versus her being too tough and rigid as a female AD. And I think she used a different word, but we'll just leave it at tough and rigid there. Um, how do you react to what Ms. Cohen describes? So I talk about that a lot myself, um, that when I walk into these rooms, usually full of men, I, 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 I go, I wonder, am I too masculine or am I too feminine? Like I run that, that line that it's hard. I can't just be Jen, you know? Um, and I, I like to use the um, analogy of, um, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, the great dancing duo. Okay. So Ginger Rogers does everything Fred Astaire does, but backwards and in heels. Mm. And that's how I, you know, look at my life as a female athletic director. I'm doing exactly the same job you all are doing, but because of these preconceived notions that people have about me, about who they think I am, who they think I should be, it's I'm doing it backwards and in heels. And that makes my job a lot harder. So I used to stand in front of, you know, the mirror getting dressed for meetings and thinking, do I wear um, this, you know, the polo shirt and shorts and tennis shoes today, or am I feeling like I want to wear a skirt and sandals today? And what if I add some bracelets to my outfit, you know, to my outfit is, are they going to think I don't know sports because I got dressed up nice. 
And now I just say, you know what? They're getting Jen. They're getting who I feel like that moment and that day. And it may be Jen that wears heels and it may be Jen that wears tennis shoes, but that doesn't change who I am and what I do and what I believe in and how I do my job. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I stand in front of the mirror and think what sport is going on. I can't wear a baseball shirt on when the football team's playing it and so forth. Definitely not the same level as a conf- conflict that you have to deal with there. And um, yeah, that's, that's good. I, I did want to share, I've heard that story. You talk about uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Adair uh, and, and the, uh, the Hills and, and, and doing it things backwards in Hills, Kelly Smith, who's one of our local district athletic directors here in Georgia. She talks about one day uh, early on in her AD uh, life there at Union Grove, that the nameplates had to go up on the board in the gym and they had to do, they had to get up on the the lift in the gym and uh, she had asked someone to help her out or whatever, and they weren't really helping. So she has her heels on and she just goes over there in her heels. And maybe it wasn't a lift, maybe it was a ladder. And she climbed up the ladder and started putting nameplates on the side of the gym wall. And it was like, okay, if y'all aren't going to, you know, help here, I can do it myself. I can do it just as good as y'all can. And, and I do have heels on. So, uh, that, that reminded me of her when you said that. Jen, as we celebrate 50 years of Title IX, how have you reflected on this milestone and, and where do you think the next 50 years is going to take us as we look to educate and celebrate the power of Title IX and the opportunities that it's created? I know, like I just mentioned, being the father of a very athletic-minded daughter, a son to a mother who barrel-raced horses, uh, could probably still beat me in a game of horse on the basketball court. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So being born in 73, you know, I came right after, you know, it was instituted and I grew up the oldest of seven. My dad was a high school coach, high school athletic director. Um, We played catch in the backyard every night. Um, He treated me no different. So I grew up thinking um, that I could do whatever I wanted, Um, that just because I was a girl, it didn't mean I couldn't do it. It wasn't until I entered this job that I was like, whoa, wait a minute. People are telling me I can't do it because I'm a woman. Like what's up with that? Yeah. So, so I know, so I'm grateful that I had that experience, but I also then think about it. And I think about, I'm so grateful for all the, the women whose shoulders I stand on today. You know, for those women who fought those battles, who opened those doors for me so that when I grew up from 73 to now, I didn't have too many doors closed until I actually walked in this world of high school sports as a professional, you know, so, so, so I'm aware of that. With that awareness, I recognize comes responsibility, you know, that I have to play my role now. So my role wasn't, you know, banging down doors because I wanted equal playing time when I was in high school. My role is right now in this space, in this place, in this chair that says, hear me, see me, be me. And so I think that's that's important. And that's that's a responsibility I take um, very strongly and very seriously. And yeah, so that's I, and I hope that. You know, people keep saying, well, in 50 years, what are we going to do, you know, when Title IX is 100? I hope it's a non-issue. Right. I hope I hope it's something that we're like, oh, we don't even need to talk about it because things are so fair and so equal. And I'll be sad, honestly. I will be sad if in 50 years from now we're still talking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It may make it not a thing because it's it's the norm, you know. Exactly. That, that, yeah, I understand. Now, I'm going to be selfish for a minute and I'm going to let you help me with something. I have some new ADs for this upcoming school year. Uh, so as a district, I oversee 16, uh, 16 high schools, uh, going to have some new ones and they're going to range 
from those that have experience to those that have never done the job before. And I know when I got my first shot at leading an athletic department, I was truly overwhelmed. Like uh, I think a lot of us were at one time or another, but I've eventually with time, uh, I realized that you can't boil the ocean, right? So I simply couldn't do everything all at the same time. What advice would you give those who are listening to this after they have just been given the keys and, you know, probably having a tough time drinking out of a fire hose that this job can be, uh, what would you tell them? Don't let your ego get in the way. Ask questions. Um, it's okay to not have all the answers. So if someone asks you a question, it's, you know, it's okay to say, that's a great thought. Let me think about it and get back to you because young Jen would have probably threw some BS out there. didn't make any sense. I've learned now. I don't have to answer. So I think, you know, giving yourself um, that, that uh, permission to say, I don't have all the answers. Let me think about that. The other thing is I would, you know, tell my new coaches and my new ADs and I would ask them, you know, what do you need from me? What do you need from me to make you a good leader? Um, and to let them know that in, in practice, I don't micromanage people. Okay. And while that could be a good thing, I may have people under me that need a little more micromanaging. Okay. Right. That um, like, I don't want to be micromanaged, but I might have someone who says, but I need that. I need to know specifically from you, this, that, and the other. Okay, that's fair. I'll do that for you. The other thing I would tell them that it's you need to step away from the place, this place, this school. And it's it's important to give yourself permission and give yourself grace to walk away, to turn your phone off, to go on vacation, to not answer that email. Um, that that's really, really important as well. Hmm. Yeah, those are all really good. I tell you what, hopefully we got some new ADs listening that heard all those and add those to their list. Oh man, there's not one that's any better than the other. Those are good, good stuff there. Jen, let's talk about decision-making a little bit. You've done it for a, uh, a long time. Like you said, you grew up in this role and have uh, experienced a lot. Now all choices of consequence begin in the head, but must move to your hands as you look to act. Right. So could you speak to what your process looks like when you need to make a big decision maybe how you wrap your head around it and who you consult before committing to an outcome? Yep. So when I'm handed those challenging questions and decisions, the first thing I ask myself is what is in the best interest of my student athletes? If that's the case, you know, how can, how can these, how can this best serve my student athletes? And then when you ask yourself that question, usually the answer kind of filters out pretty easily, Hmm. you know? Um, So you know, I go to, I have a, I have an awesome assistant athletic director. So I will go to her, you know, Hey, I've got this idea. I've got this thought. I've got this decision. Am I crazy? Have, you know, what do you think about it? I need you to be brutally honest with me. Um, I've got a good principle that I can lean on as well. Um, I think collaboration is important. So I don't necessarily think that I have all the answers and need to be making all the decisions. I think that's important. You know, like why would I make a decision about the softball field without contacting the softball coach? Right. So I I think collaboration is important. I think I can still learn a lot from my coaches, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I think communication and, and really starting with that basic question, what is in the best interest of my student athletes that takes you very quickly and easily to your answer. I think, too, what you just said, that idea of finding yourself a truth teller, right? Finding somebody that will just straight up tell you, that's a dumb idea. Like, you know, because we're not going to, we may think we have a good idea. It was a good idea when I was sitting on my couch last night watching the Braves game. But then when I actually verbalized it to somebody who's physically going to have to be in the trenches and do it, that's not a good idea. That's fine. Great. Like, I'd much rather know now 
um, I think that that is extremely important is finding those people that will be brutally honest with you. That'll be a truth teller for you. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool because my daughter is one of my coaches on my staff. So she is a great truth teller for me. She'll be the first to tell me, um, mom, I don't think that's a very good idea. Or have you thought about this? Or you considered that? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I do appreciate that because <clears throat> maybe not all my coaches feel comfortable being that truth teller to me, but she does. And, and again, she's asking herself, you know, wait, what's in the best interest of our student athletes? And then here, mom, here, I think you need to consider this. So right. I do appreciate that. That's good. Yeah, that's great. All right, Jen, let's finish with this one, uh, talking about uh, an area of our profession that you recently co-taught on, and it's an area that every athletic director wishes she or he could improve on, I think. It's that area of curb appeal at outdoor venues. I know uh, you co-taught LTC 619 back in the spring, but without teaching the entire course today, obviously we don't have uh, four hours to spend on a uh, podcast, and uh, I think the NIAAA would rather people pay $125 to do that course, which you need to. Um, share with us some of the key tips that you use to enhance the curb appeal at your school and maybe more insightful for us. Uh, I, I think you're probably like me or like all of us. What do you look for when you visit other schools? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, the athletic department is the front porch of your school, right? So that's, you know, that's the place that the majority of your community are going to attend when they come to your school. They're not going to go to the music room. They're not going to go to the science lab. They're going to come to your fields, your gyms, your courts, et cetera. So, you know, I make sure that my front porch at my house looks nice and welcoming. So we have to make sure that our, those spaces look nice and welcoming as well. And that can be a challenge um, because, you know, maybe my admin wants to put money into new science labs and I'm trying to say, but you don't understand the trash cans that we have in the major hallway that everybody walks in are gross and disgusting. Can we change those out? Um, so I, when I walk through my spaces, these athletic spaces, I, I, I look at them with the eye of if this were my house. Is it clean? Is it dirty? Is it stocked well? Would a guest feel welcomed here? Why are the lights off? Do they need to be on? How can we do this? How can we make it nicer? Um, And the fact that um, I look out my kitchen window and I see um, my school (laughs) every day, it's important that it has nice curb appeal. (laughs) Yeah, that's different. When you can walk to your school, you get to see a little bit more than the rest of us. You don't drive by at all at, at breakneck speed, right? Right. Yeah. I, I stare at a lot and go, oh, we should really fix this or I wish we could change this. And there's only so much you can do, you know, so you just you find something little and you build on that. Now, what's your curb appeal mindset when you go to uh, other schools and visit other schools? Probably mostly safety, actually. You know, not, these days it's um, where's the nearest exit? How do I get out of here? And that's kind of sad to say, but that's the reality. Um, you know, oh, is that gym uh, wall too close to the end of the court kind of a thing? Or they don't have pads on this. You know, you I, it's very much a safety question these days. Got it. Good. Well, Jen, thanks so much for uh, being with us today and sharing with us about so many things uh, that you're passionate about, your experience, uh, not just there in St. Louis, but across the uh, country with all, all the different uh, experiences you've had has been very valuable and we believe everyone listening is uh, is better for it and now we're going to get to know you a little bit better with our two-minute drill so Don's going to start us with that oh geez okay okay Jim we're gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions you just tell us the first thing that comes to your mind okay? okay what was the first job you ever had ever in your life I worked at the neighborhood pool and I did it for seven summers how about that all right I think you said you were a three-sport athlete so 
uh, softball, soccer, or basketball, if you had to pick one, which one would you pick? I was always asked that growing up, and my answer it, w- it will stay the same. It depends on what season I'm in. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> good answer. All mm. right. Best Cardinal player of all time? Oh, Stan Musial. Oh, okay. I, I was an Ozzie Smith guy myself growing up. He was my favorite player of all time. I, I was a huge fan of the Cardinals uh, because of him, really, uh, outside of the Braves, because that because I I loved him. That's that's a good answer. Yeah. What is the uh, and I, I ask this question. I think about it when I ask this question. It's what uh, you may have in your car for your road trips, but uh, I'll ask it a little different way though. What is the most popular candy or snack that you keep in a jar on your desk? I used to have um, like just any kind of candy on my desk, but then COVID came and I don't have any candy anymore. That's right. Um, so I don't really have candy right now. Gotcha. Uh, all right, let's play a game of over-under. So we're going to give you a term. You tell us if this thing is overrated or if it is underrated. And if you want to elaborate as to why you feel that way or not. So over-under, high fives. I'm over them. Overrated. All right, over under baseball game hot dogs. Oh, um, underrated. Those are delicious. Every AD is going to say underrated, right? That's what we have for <laughs> dinner. dinner. Every, yeah, every night. That's right. Spring. It's a major food group. Uh, based on your episode of Paradox, uh, over under Uber. <laughs> I'm so there's over that. I'm so over Ubers. <laughs> That's funny. Great story, by the way. Um, all right, over under New Year's Eve. Oh, overrated. I'm in bed by nine or ten. Let's not get ourselves. Amen. Over under recording an event on your phone rather than just being there. Yeah, I'm over that. But it's nice to have when I can't be there. So I'll say in the middle. <laughs> that was good. So I was live tweeting the last out of our state baseball championship down at Truist Park where the Braves play. And I was going out on the field, so I was going to get to dog pile. Well, as I step out on the field, we had some students get out on the field too. So instead of turning it off and, and getting off, I spun it and, and people are like, oh yeah, I saw you uh, running those kids back off the field. So uh, yeah, that's probably a little overrated. Um, <laughs> but uh, all right, last over under, bucket hats. Oh no, overrated. Totally agree. Uh, who do you text the most? Oh, the my fan. So Don, Nor, and Luke. There's a four of us. We have it's called four three eight South Holmes, and that's the, our group chat. Nice, nice. Got its own name. That's sweet. All <laughs> right. What is a quick AD hack that has saved you time? A regular practice that makes your day better. Te- just technology in general. I mean, it's come. It's just made my job so much easier than when I first started. I was literally thinking about that just a few minutes ago before I started. I'm like, I have a few files, but everything else is on my computer. So the fact that I can pretty much access anything on my phone at anywhere, that's a huge hack. Let me call it audible real quick. You, you said that all of your things that are there on your computer, do you have uh, like an external drive that you will drop stuff to so that there's a backup at any point or, or do you not do that? I do not do that. I put everything's on Google Drive, so I trust yeah. Google in the drive space and my tech person. <laughs> gotcha. Now, this is a question that we've asked a lot of our, our guests this season. So if Josh and I are getting on a plane and we're coming to your house for dinner, what is on the menu? What is the go-to dish at your house? This is easy. I've um, My husband built me a brick oven um, in our backyard. Oh, yeah. So I would make you some brick oven pizza. 
And then uh, we're huge bourbon aficionados, so we would have a little bourbon after the pizza. Okay. All right. I like some pizza. <laughs> All right. Let's finish with this. Uh, today, Jim Brooks, you've been hanging with the ADs, but let's say you could hang out with anyone. Who would that be and why? First, and first, I would say my family, but I think everybody says family. So my second one, I would say is Father Jack. I might start crying. So Father Jack was our parish priest and he died in March and I just miss him. And he'd be so proud of, you know, stuff that I'm doing today. That's, ah. that's, that's great. <laughs> Jen, thank you for sitting down with us today. I think that we need to ask ourselves, how do we improve our leadership so that we can have a greater impact on the world? And you've done that. Uh, and I know that our profession is better for it. So thanks again for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Today's episode with Miss Jim Brooks of Ursuline Academy in St. Louis was very timely as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX. As you heard, Jen grew up in the early days of Title IX and really didn't know what it was about because her dad, as a high school coach and high school athletic director, told her and showed her that she could do anything she wanted. It wasn't until getting in the profession of high school athletic administration did she notice a discrepancy between the leaders and the ones being led at the high school level. It was then that Jen created this global community of women in high school sports after a couple decades of leading in the high school space. We are definitely glad that Jen has taken up this cause as she looks and in her community of leaders look to expand the role of the high school athletic administrator to other females across the country and across the world. As she mentioned, they are trying to redefine, reimagine, and change the narrative of what it looks like to be a high school athletic director. And this cause is greatly needed. So thank you, Jen, for sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing what it what we need to hear in regards to helping our young athletic directors, what we need to learn when it comes to making critical decisions, and something you recently presented on, how to make your place, your house, look good. Jen is definitely a leader among leaders in the high school athletic administrator space, and we thank you for that. Thank you, Jen, for being on our podcast and sharing this great wisdom with us. Now, as we ask at every end of every episode, we would love for you to pause, hit like on your platform there on your podcast. Definitely, if you could take time and leave us a review, a rating, we would greatly appreciate hearing from you, hearing what this episode meant to you. And as always, thank you for spending your time hanging with the AD. <music>